Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Yeah, un- unfortunately, many of us over the years have been involved in an auto accident at some point in our lives. Naturally, uh, you know, one of the first things we want to do is, is get medical attention if necessary. And then we frequently move on and look to get our car repaired as quickly as we can. Um, in either case, insurance, com- insurance companies will be involved, and depending upon the circumstances, you may find that they're, you know, as concerned about protecting their interest as yours. Uh, we have to be careful of that. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and today I'm pleased to welcome Lavelle Law Attorney Nicholas Stolenmeyer to the podcast. Um, we're going to discuss the proper response should that insurance company ask for a recorded statement, something that's occurring more frequently. We want to find out uh, how you should uh, handle that request. So we'll get to it. Nick, uh, appreciate you joining me. Welcome to the podcast. It's nice to talk to you for the first time here. Oh, well, thank you for having me. You know, it's a pleasure to be here as well. So, you know, I probably jumped ahead a little bit in my introduction there by introducing, throwing out that concept of a a recorded statement. Um, Let's backtrack. Tell me a little bit about what that means in the context of today's discussion, what insurance companies are doing with recorded statements. So, yeah, so, so typically what will happen is you'll be involved in a car accident, and then either a couple hours or a couple days later, the insurance company will call you saying, I'm from State Farm or Allstate or whatever insurance company it it can be, saying I'd like your permission to take a recorded statement. And then throughout that recorded statement, they can ask a wide variety of things, such as what were you doing earlier that day? What were you doing at the time of the accident? What were you doing um, upon impact? What did you do after the accident? Um, Then they may even get into what parts of your body was, was injured. Um, and they'll do they'll do this, and they'll record your entire statement, and they'll ask your permission to do that, um, which will be mm-hmm. in addition to the normal warning that they have saying this statement or this phone conversation may be recorded. They'll have to explicitly tell you, I'm going to record this statement, and then they'll ask you a bunch of foundational questions before that. Um, and the recorded statement, it can go any way the adjuster wants it to go, um, and they can get as much information as they possibly can from you um, within that first week of the accident. And and what what's the reason the insurance company is doing this? What what are they looking to gather from this type of statement? Uh, for the most part, they're looking to gather a couple of things. One, they want to make what's called a liability determination. Liability is the portion of your personal injury case, and liability is a fancy word of saying who is at fault. And they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out whether they're insured, the person who hit you is at fault, or whether you are at fault for the collision. So under normal circumstances, if this was a rear-end collision, liability will already be determined, and they won't focus a lot on um, what you were doing at the time of the accident or what their insured was doing because, for the most part, if you were rear-ended, it's going to be the person who rear-ended you's fault. Um, But if this was a a left-turn case, as we call them in the personal injury field, where the other person is taking a left turn and you're going straight, they're going to ask, What color was that light as you were approaching the intersection? How far back were you when you first realized the light was yellow or green or red? And what they're really trying to do is cement you into a story when you don't have anyone there um, to kind of recollect with you and go through it beforehand. 
Lastly, what they're trying to do is they're trying to cement your damages, saying what body parts were injured. Was it your neck or your back? And then later on, if any injuries arise, they'll say, well, at the time of the accident, you said you only hurt your neck. Now you're complaining of your back pain. What's the difference? Okay. Now, it's interesting because I've, I've done a number of podcasts with your colleague, James Dora, criminal defense attorney at LaBelle Law, with regard to criminal charges. And James has always said, don't talk to the police without an attorney present. You know, just get your attorney, then you have the conversation. I'm, I'm going to guess you, you're going to kind of take the same approach regarding dealing with the insurance companies. Can you kind of explain why? Uh, yeah, well, initially, James Orr is a very smart man, and I have to agree with what he's saying. Don't talk to the police without him, uh, and don't talk to an adjuster without a personal injury attorney. Uh, that's, that's for two reasons. It's one, before, before we allow one of our clients to do a recorded statement, we go through everything with them. And through our experience, we can kind of tell from reading the police report, from looking at the property damage of the vehicles, what happened. A lot of times people don't remember exactly what happened, and then your brain mm-hmm. plays tricks on you and inserts memories. And we can say, well, no, I don't think that's what happened. I mean, the, the impact shows it on your left side, and you're saying it was on your right. That's impossible. So without that preparation, you may be telling the adjuster something that didn't happen, but what your brain, you know, those phantom memories are thinking that's happened. Um, secondly, it's important that we're there so we can take notes on the conversation. We can record it if we want to record it. Um, so you have kind of an unbiased source so the adjuster can't come back and say, well, your client told me so-and-so during the recorded statement. Um, and we can say, well, we weren't there, so we're not sure about that. And then they'll refuse to provide the recorded statement. And absent filing a lawsuit, we'll never be able to get that recording or transcription. No. Okay. Now, uh, supposing an attorney is present, you mentioned you know this call could come same day or shortly thereafter. Uh, if someone does have their attorney and say, "Okay, we'll do it together," what's the right timing to agree to one of these? If if you should, if you have an attorney, the right time is is discretionary to your attorney. We typically like to wait um, at least a week or two after the accident if we're even going to provide them, because sometimes there's no point in providing it, um, and they're just trying to to ferret out additional testimony or additional statements so they can contradict your later testimony. Um, so we, we typically have that conversation with the adjuster saying, what's the point of the recorded statement? Are you focusing on liability? Are you focusing on damages or, or medical treatment? Um, and then we, we typically make that, that call later on. The main point, though, is that you need to have at least a couple days in between you and the accident for your memories to kind of settle and then for, you, for the adrenaline to subside and you to have a clearer picture on what actually happened. And, and let's talk about the recording itself, not, not even so much you know, the process or what you might say, but the recording itself. Once that's captured, what, what's the insurance company going to do with that content? Uh, typically what happens is they capture it. The adjuster will either take notes or they'll send it out for what's called transcription, which would be a word-for-word um, dictation of what was said during the transcription, and then it's going to go into the file. And then what will happen was they're going to use that as a sword, and they're never going to use it to help you out for the most part. They're going to say, you know, six months down the road, when you give either a sworn statement or a deposition, and you say that you were three seconds outside of the light when it turned to green, um, but in your recorded statement you said you were seven, they're going to say, aha, you know, you're obviously lying. You said it was seven now, and now it's three, and you've given them that, that opportunity to impeach you on with that statement. 
Um, they're also going to use it to line up and, and just to really point out inconsistencies between what your recorded statement was and then what your future testimony is going to be. Uh, Attorney Nick Dolenmeyer is my guest today at Chicago's Leah Latte, and he handles personal injury and litigation matters at Lavelle Law. Uh, recently authored an article on this topic uh, that we're discussing today. You can read that in its entirety and, and learn more about his practice by visiting LavelleLaw.com. And uh, while there, you're going to find really hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos from the uh, 30-plus attorneys at the firm, uh, many of whom you've heard here on this podcast over the years. Um, and, and, Nick, we know very well that an accident can be very traumatizing, um, and, and often the people involved there aren't really sure what happened. As you said, those memories need to settle a little bit. You need to kind of go back and recapture. So should you say something in one of these statements that later investigation proves is, is not accurate, does that then become something that works against you? Can that, uh, the recording uh, then be used to, to really kind of reduce the, the viability of your, your case? Absolutely. Um, what can happen is, and a lot of times what does happen, is we have a client that calls our office. They've given a recorded statement because the insurance company says they need it to proceed on with the claim and pay them money. Then they say, well, I gave my recorded statement, and now the insurance company isn't talking to me, or they've denied liability saying I was at fault for the collision. Is there anything I can do? From there, what we do is we reach out to the insurance company saying, if the, if the recording is so damning for our client's case, can we have a copy? Sometimes they give it to us, sometimes they don't. And then what likely happens is we have to file a lawsuit, uh, which is it incurs costs for the client. A lawsuit typically costs from $500 to $600. Um, and then the costs keep increasing the further into litigation you go. Whereas if you would have never given that recorded statement, you wouldn't have had to file the lawsuit. The the point of uh, if, well, if what you're saying in the recorded statement yeah. didn't happen, then that requires a deposition to say, well, I know I said that at this point, and you kind of have to explain why your story has changed over the past six months. The gamble you take is getting a jury to believe oh, that's a reasonable determination of why they changed their story. Or if they didn't know the story two days after the accident, how do they know it better six months? That must be their attorney feeding them lines. So that's the gamble that we take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. A couple of things I want to fit in here um, before I let you go today. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned um, over the years in, in talking with your colleagues that, you know, you, you sort of have a, a position, but sometimes there's an opposite side. And I'm just curious is there ever an advantage or other circumstances in which it is beneficial to go ahead and, and participate in a, uh, giving a recorded statement? Uh, there can be, which is why there are some times that we advise our client that it's okay to give a recorded statement because we think it's going to further the case absent the costs of litigation. Um, and for two instances, I would say it's ever okay to give a recorded statement. One, if you're solely having a property damage claim and you don't plan on getting an attorney involved, so wait that week or two, make sure that you weren't injured in the collision, um, and then you can call them up saying, I, I'm willing to give my, my recorded statement for the property damage, and that will give you the time to, to kind of cement those memories and you can remember perfectly what happened. Uh, and that'll, that will allow them to resolve the property damage claim. Um, in addition, we will advise our clients to give a recorded statement if we think it will solve uh, some liability issues. There can be an issue with the police report where they're not always a perfect depiction of what happened, 
or their insured is telling a different story, and I think we have a good historian for a client, and he or she can then say, well, no, this is actually what happened. Um, but so long as we're there and able to take notes, uh, it kind of reduces the prejudice that our clients can face down the road because we always can interject. Um, and the main point is adjusters can ask different questions um, and kind of put the cart in front of the horse, I suppose, where mm -hmm. instead of asking, was there contact, they can say, how hard was the contact? Well, there may not have ever been contact, but now our client is thinking, well, maybe there was contact, and I'm thinking how hard it was as opposed to if it was ever there. We would interject saying, was there, was there contact at all? Let's establish there was before we go into severity. Um, and it's just a trick. I don't know if they're taught or it's just sometimes we've seen that before. We can say, no, that's an unfair question. You're, you're, you're getting too mm -hmm. far ahead of yourself. Do the, do the insurance companies have any leverage? I mean, is there a risk to getting a settlement if you decline to participate in this? Uh, in terms of what do you mean? Well, if 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 the insurance company says uh, we'd like to do this recorded statement and you say no, I I you know politely I prefer not to. Does that jeopardize your ability to pursue a case at all? Can the insurance company say, well, you wouldn't cooperate with us, therefore we can't proceed or we can't do X Y Z? In a normal circumstance, if it's another person's insurance carrier, so long mm -hmm. as you're polite and you say I'd rather not, I'm thinking about it, obtaining an attorney. Um, and I'd like to come back to this at some point, then then no, there is no harm in that. The harm comes if you become rude to the adjuster because then they're going to notate the file of that um, because that uh, okay. kind of ruins your credibility. If it's your own insurance carrier, they can do what's called pulling coverage, saying our insured has refused to cooperate, and therefore we're not covering either his his damages that were sustained as a result of this accident or we're pulling uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. In that situation, it's very important just to be polite, saying, I'm thinking about obtaining an attorney. I'm not refusing to provide this recorded statement. I'm just asking for more time to give it. And before I let you go, Nick, we got less than a minute left here, but um, real quick, if someone is in an accident, uh, all of this aside, what, what's the first step? I mean, what should someone do just to protect themselves you know, physically and, and uh, in terms of insurance as well? The first step is get to a safe place and call 911, um, make sure the police show up, and then as a matter of course, get into an ambulance and, and get yourself checked out in an emergency room. A lot of times what happens is the adrenaline is spiking, you feel fine, um, you don't feel any injuries to yourself, and then later on down the road, all of a sudden your back starts hurting, your neck starts hurting, and, and you say, well, that's strange, I never had those problems before. Uh, but you didn't get the treatment that you needed, and the insurance company is going to glob onto that, saying, well, if you were hurt, you would have gotten the treatment. It can never hurt to go to the emergency room and just make sure everything is okay and in working order. Um, car accidents can cause severe damage or they can cause no damage. It just kind of depends on the person and the circumstance. Well, I want to thank Nick Dolenmeyer for being with us today. Nick, thanks so much for being here. And, again, Lavelle Law, the place to stop. You can give him a call for more information, 847-705-7555. Thanks so much for joining us today.